Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. Well, hi everybody. It's not often that we get to be in the company of somebody as famous as what we've got today. But we're extremely lucky because in the studio with me, we're in fact not really in the studio. We've battled to get him onto the television, on the phone, on the this, on the that. I've got none other than Samuel Fillion, who has just taken over the reins, or recently taken over the reins, as the Niederberg Cellar Master. Samuel, thanks for joining Carrie's Corner on Biz News. No, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. What an amazing thing to be. I know that... There are very few people in South Africa who could say that they have never drunk a bottle of Niederberg wine. It's won a million awards. It's got a history as long as my arm and back. It is one of our national treasures. It's definitely a jewel in our Venus crown. Is it a realization of a dream for you to be the cellar master at Niederberg? Yeah, it's a, it's been quite a journey. And yes, it's a realization of a dream. I can still recall when I was at university seeing Razvan and Andrea and Ilunda on the cover of the Wine Lins magazine and thinking, phew, now that will be something. <laughs> Before we start screaming in from the rooftops about Niederberg, I'm going to shout from the rooftops about Samuel because you yourself come with a star-studded sort of past. You studied viticulture and enology at Stellenbosch. Mm. Was that always what you wanted to do, be a wine farmer? Well, the, I was always interested in biology and science, and uh, a little bit of my background is my uh, grandfather was one of the founders of Botsberg Co-op Cellar, so oh, my, wow. my father grew up on a oh, vine farm, but uh, he became a preacher. Uh, and, uh, it was probably a wise move. You probably yes, made yeah, more yeah. money as a preacher. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you have to have wine when you, even if you're in a congregation. And yes. uh, yeah, so my older brother went on to study at uh, Elsenburg. And when I was four, um, four years younger, and then when I heard about what he was doing, and I, um, yeah, I got interested in yeah, trying this new uh, thing for me because and, uh, I grew up, I grew up in Bradarsop. There's only uh, wheat and um, rye and all of those around us. You speak about that. I was talking about exactly that the other day. I was one of the people who very foolishly went to go and farm in Elam, which oh, is just up the road from Bredar's yeah, yeah. And when we bought the farm, there was nothing, nothing yes. except puff adders <laughs> and uh, the odd old wheat field and some yeah, sheep and stuff. Yeah, there was no it. vines there at all. Yeah, and it's amazing how that no uh, area just developed now yes. to what we have now. So you went off to Stelly's and you did your viticulture mm. and enology. Mm-hmm. And from there, did you go and work overseas immediately or did you go and do a stint at one of the farms in South Africa first? So in my um, final year at uh, university, I was lucky to do my practical at uh, Phoebe with Anthony de Jager. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so that was quite an experience. And then Huge I, fun. I don't think there's a single cultivar under the country that they don't yeah, vinify. Yeah. No, I mean, under the sun. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, you can look at those own varietals that they do. It's just amazing. And then uh, in 2003, I did a, a stint at um, Ghodini Wine Cellar. I was there working there as, on the red wine side. And before, it's a big uh, cellar, that. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah probably 
taught me a little bit of handling volume because yeah, it, it's it's not. I think at that stage we did about seventeen thousand tons, and wow. uh, and then the rate was about four thousand tons. And I remember sure. that we at um, big concrete fermenters on the red side that was about seventy. Tons you? That, yeah, and we need you need to get into them and spit them out with the team. So that was probably good for for me for uh, getting. And fit now and everybody thinks that it. they're so innovative with their concrete fermenters. <laughs> You've been yeah. doing it for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's fun if you climb into one at uh, Saturday Saturday night. With you and three other guys, and the mission is to get all the skins out of the tank. Yeah, it's build builds character, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, at the. End of uh, 2003, I was lucky to go with a friend of mine who also started at university at Diederik Lagrance. We went to Oregon and we did a, a stint there at Domain Serene, which is uh, quite an experience. It's an amazing, it's an amazing mm, establishment, mm, Domain mm, Serene. How mm. did you manage to do that? Did well, you apply we, for a job yeah, or what yes, happened? Yes, yeah, we, we did the, our search. Uh, started at an, an university already, and, and we were looking for, and they were willing to take us, and yeah, it was fantastic experience. But just the, the attention to detail they have is amazing to see. Yeah, well, they really are. I think if we were to rate first growths in America, mm, Domain mm. Serene would definitely be up there with them. What did mm. you make when you were there? We did the Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, yeah. and yeah, it's just the, the I mean, every single barrel matters we had um, even fermentation different types of yeast uh, just going one into one barrel and and two into another section and then you blend at the end yeah, it was amazing to see and the, the they even kept clones separate yeah, separate was, did yeah, they yeah and, and the were you involved in the ultimate blend of yeah, what we, went into yeah, the bottle we eventually. spent about only about three and a half months there, so it was the for the harvest, and we at the last we bit we were um, doing the uh, a bottling run. So yeah, it was just a, an harvest stint. Yeah, yeah, that's an amazing. I was mm. one of those naysayers about wine from America, mm. both mm. Napa and Oregon, all around. Mm. I have to I have to apologize and eat my words because they're actually producing some seriously mm. serious mm. super smart wine mm. out of America at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. And Domain Serene definitely up mm. there with them. So you came home from there and went mm. to where? So um yeah, in two thousand four I joined the uh, um Long Reach for also for harvest. Uh, at that stage my elder brother was the winemaker at Spear and and Longreach was uh, still part of the Spear Holdings group. So Again, uh, with a classmate of mine, um, Etienne Leroux, we um, head up the Longridge okay. cellar. Yeah, that amazing view. I don't know if you that if you look from Longridge, the Table Mountain fills you um, the, the office it's a, window. It's a magnificent yeah. property. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Etienne and me, we head up the 350-ton cellar. So again, very hands-on, small quantity, just two of us and four other guys. Yeah. Pops and them, yeah, it was Is quite that fun. all you had in the cellar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we need to do everything, white, red, press, uh, anything. So, that's so, your, so your experience has been absolutely alarming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2007, you went to Niederberg? Yes, yes. Or to Distel? Where did you yeah, go? Then um, before uh, 2007, I again uh, joined Gardini um, Wine Cellar as assistant white wine maker. And then in September 2007, I joined uh, Niederberg as assistant red winemaker. I've always said, you know, you've got you've got huge shoes to fill. We're looking at people like Gunter Brosel. Mm. We're looking at people like Rose van Michici. Mm. 
we're looking at people like Lizelle, um, mm. such huge shoes to fill, but nobody really gives too much cognizance or kudos to the likes of a Samuel Fillion who's been there since 2007 and probably running that cellar anyway, because mm. you must have, you must have got to the point where you literally are in charge of everything that's going on. On, um, on, you've been there for a long time. Yes, yeah. yeah so that, it's not as if it's all a brand new job for you. Yeah, it's it's a very different uh, facet that you obviously need to do. It's uh, um, more in, the, in your management style that you, and managing the seller and costs and to making sure that your team is happy. But for for me, um, coming through being assistant winemaker, moving up to red winemaker and now... This new venture, I, th- I think uh, it gives me the equipment to um, support my team. That, that is important. If they are functioning uh, well, then it makes my job easier. Yeah. yeah. Who, is, who have you got as assistant winemakers in, in the cellar with you? I've got uh, um, Zanaska. She's, uh, she came from uh, also the KWV and, uh, and Glenwood, also Glenwood smaller area. Okay. And she's been with me for three years now. And we've got uh, Jamie Williams on the on the on the white wine side, and uh, we've got also Andishwa, who's helping with the MCCs and the maturation. And then on the white wine maker is uh, Peter Bardenos, who's a classmate of mine of University Day. So we oh, we form formed a bond at soil science, huge uh, practical. We need to hand it in in our I think third year, and then ever since that seems seems to solidify our friendship. That's brilliant. To give the listeners an idea, Samuel, how many liters of wine are you producing every year? I think we're all budgets about twelve million a year. Yeah. That is no easy task. That mm-hmm. it is, it's incredibly easy to to do the odd barrel here and there. Mm-hmm. What's well, not incredibly easy? It's mm-hmm. easier to do mm-hmm. the odd barrel mm-hmm. of fab wine. Mm-hmm. But Niederberg also has an international standard to mm-hmm. meet mm-hmm. because it also. Quite recently, I think it was last year, um, was voted one of South Africa's favorite or best loved brands in the world. Mm, mm, mm. You do export to over 80 countries in the world. Mm. Everybody thinks South African wine. They think Niederberg. There's sort of an indelible print in everybody's head mm. of that picture of that magnificent mm. manor house. Mm, mm. Um, and to go back to that manor house, Johan Gruer acquired Niederberg in the 1950s, I think. 1937. And he was at 30s, and he was yeah. up until about the 50s, I think. Yeah, yeah. And his wife was really one of the ladies that we need to salute in the wine mm. industry as well. I think she, for me, was the first person to mm. to really establish hospitality in the wine industry. And mm. for me, that is one of the major building blocks of Niederberg. You always feel comfy and welcomed and at home when you get to that front door of that Mm. manor house and Mm. i think that she really did instill in the wine industry that hospitality aspect to what is now turned into a very big tourist industry Mm. niederberg still so open to to visitors do you still have visitors on a daily basis tastings seller tours we do not sell tours anymore but uh yeah we've just in this past covid year we've uh, just uh, revamped the uh, manor house so yeah, I've got the, the the restaurants up and going, and yeah, you can sit in the restaurant and eat some delicious food and some hopefully great wines. So yeah, not just yeah, 
Sunday we had uh, Mother's Day, just quickly came by yes. just and checked and yeah, it was people um, seemed very happy and uh, seemed to be very relaxed. So that's great to be able to do this in this uh, period that we're living in. So onto the wines of Niederberg. Mm. You need to re-educate me and run me through. I mean, I can still remember the days, the university days of uh, Niederberg, Baron, Paul Cab, Paul Riesling, mm-hmm. Niederberg Stein. I mean, that mm-hmm. was really probably the the mother of Shannon Blanc in South Africa was the Niederberg Stein, and mm-hmm. it was quite sweet, which we all mm-hmm. loved. Mm-hmm. What wines have we got on the menu from Niederberg at the moment? Tell us all about those. They're almost like a pyramid. So on uh, entry-level wines will be your... In South Africa, you, you're 5600. We have the Merlot, Cap, Sumignol, um, you've Shiraz, Pinotage, you've got the Duet. Is also, that all under the 5600 label? Yeah, that's the, the 5600, and Duet is on its, on its yeah. own, just Duet. And then you've got Shenan also on the 5600 label, uh, the Sumignol. And then got Lyric as a brand, uh, label on its own. Because it's Lyric, a lake, I'd uh, forgotten yeah, about Niederberg Lyric. Lyric. What yeah, goes into the Lyric? Oh, it's a Sauvignon uh, Chardonnay Colombard blend, yeah. Probably one of the first white blends in the country, actually, if I think of it. There weren't many people yeah. blending white wine in those days. Yeah, it's probably also due to um, Johan Graber that you mentioned, that we, with his brewery background, bring, brought in that cold fermentation to South Africa, knowing that the, yeah, you need to ferment cool to get all those fruit flavors, yeah. So that, that, yes. that helped, yeah. So we've got the 5600 range, and it really is every mm. man's brand. Mm. Anybody can afford it. It's mm. such good value mm. for money, that 5600. Mm-hmm. We move from 5600 to what's the next one up? This is our Niederberg core range. Do your previous wine masters. There you have your Merlot, the Cap, the Pinotage. You've got Baron there. You've got uh, um, the Sumer. There has to be an icon in South Africa, the Niederberg yeah. Baron. What goes into the blend of Baron at it's this a, stage? It's a Cap Shiraz, and then we also got some other varietals, with, uh, less than about uh, 10%. And I've got written on my board in the office, the first Baron was made in 1973. So, yeah, it's... Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you it's also... Always got Edelroot also there, your Cab Merlot blend. It's also has its own following, I think, yeah. People just Sunday. I mean, it's just, it is iconic. It is an iconic brand, Niederberg. Mm, And mm. do you know what I think is quite clever about what Niederberg's done? And I hope that you continue on Mm. the same path. There's a huge amount of power in continuity. Mm, mm. And I always refer to people to the Coca-Cola brand, for Mm, example. mm, mm. Coke have never changed their logo. Mm. They haven't changed. I don't think they've changed their recipe other than maybe mm. taking a little bit of the sugar out of Coca-Cola. I don't know. Maybe the mm. cocaine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but probably the cocaine. actual look and feel, <laughs> the look and feel of Coca-Cola has remained the same for yeah, over a hundred yeah, years. Yeah. And I think that there's something hugely comforting about mm. walking into a, a liquor outlet and recognizing a label. Mm-hmm. People don't like to feel like they're on the back foot when it mm-hmm. comes to, ooh, you know, what yeah. can I choose? Niederberg have sort of tweaked their, maybe their font a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. and they've cleaned up the label here mm-hmm. and there, but mm-hmm. you can still walk into a liquor store and recognize a bottle of Niederberg wine, which I think is hugely important to the mm-hmm. success of the mm-hmm. brand. Yeah. So don't ever change Baron, Edelroot. Have you still got Paul Riesling? Think still no, unfortunately, not. No. The Paul Riesling no? is not not continuing anymore. Yeah, that's, that's what, 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 
part of the wine masters racing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but yeah, let's not continue anymore. So we move from your classic range up mm. to the next one, which is. Yeah, then we've got Manaras. Manaras. Yeah, Then you got your Manaras Shiraz, your Manaras uh, Cap, and your Manaras uh, Sauvignon Blanc. And then um, we're also within um, that section, you can almost say the Heritage Heroes. This is where you, you've mentioned uh, Gunter Brusel, you've meant, uh, we've yes. made those wines to honor and pay homage to them. So the. Motorcycle Marvel is a blend of Carignan, Shiraz, Grenache, Muveri, Sinzo, all the um, selection, all separately vinified. And then we've got your Bordeaux. And just for everybody's, for everybody's listening's edification, mm. these wines are hugely awarded wines. Mm, mm. They, they win competitions internationally regularly. So, mm. and they're not hugely wildly expensive either. I just, mm. no, I love the way that Niederberg has, has kept their pricing in line so that the whole nation can enjoy Niederberg mm. wines. I think mm. it's really, really important. Mm. So, if you were to choose a favourite out of your out of your heroes brand a range, which one would you like? I love your Shannon. Y- yes, it's like asking which one of my kids do I like the most. I think they <laughs> yeah. they all they all got the different style and different expression I like the the shenan is is very good the um way it's made the amphora the and sometimes the whole bunch fermentation yeah it's it's oh, something it's different uh the the Rhone blend i i was uh, jokingly say that's my what's the Rhone blend called it is the motorcycle marvel that's the motorcycle yeah. marvel that's so that, right. that yeah. i always jokingly say that's my friday wine you have that on the stoop with freshly cut biltong, yeah, that that's an excellent way to start the weekend. And the weekend, yeah, and then the uh, the Bordeaux blend uh, is uh, also uh, quite interesting, totally different, obviously to their own in terms of the flavor profile, but very interesting to make with the cap, Merlot, Petit Verdot, uh, Malbec varietals. Yeah, it's, yes. uh, yeah. So I think that's what we has now have in the range uh, that state. Is uh, and then are you still producing the Niederberg Ingenuity? No, that's also um, been pulled. Uh, the Ingenuity range we did up until I think the last bottling was, I, I think sixteen. About twenty seventeen, yeah, I think. 16, there was, was a twenty seventeen white blend yeah, that was that's absolutely was beautiful. Yeah, the Ingenuity eight way blend, yeah. Also a lot yeah, of no, fun were... making that, but I think uh, what is now we're getting more focused uh, on our, our being uh, an champion for making excellent carbonate, and that's why we have uh, two centuries in a private cab on the top and really trying to focus yes. to make sure that the uh, so your two centuries is your is your pinnacle of yeah, your brands yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That, that the and then we can't we cannot sit and chat about Niederberg without talking about Edelkir oh yeah talk to my listeners about Edelkir do you still make it uh, when you can I suppose when, when, when you get can, your yeah, a, yeah, but, but, yeah that's seasonal depending and uh, yeah it's a wine that started the Niederberg auction, uh, but uh, yes. the one that Gunther made, and then at that stage, and I think that's the 1970s, uh, they, there was no um, way of selling it other than on a on an auction. That's in so 1975. There was the first uh, Niederberg auction, and I think the, auction. I think the first Edelkir was 1969, if I can remember correctly. It was 69. I can yeah. remember when I first joined um, Sally at Norman Goodfellows. Mm-hmm. The first year that I was there, he sent me to the Niederberg auction. In fact, we both went to the Niederberg yeah. auction together, mm-hmm. and I hadn't been before. Mm-hmm. 
and of course you taste everything. You have this fantastic. There's there were fashion shows, mm-hmm. and it was terribly glamorous mm-hmm. and, and what have you in those days. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm talking about early 1990s, mm-hmm. and. Anybody who knows Solly, he's just yeah. such a character and he was extremely naughty and we had a fantastic weekend. Mm-hmm. And he taught me how to buy. The only thing I was allowed to buy at the auction was Yedelkia. <laughs> and Great I think investment. I bought enough. I bought two things. I bought <laughs> Ney Muscadel, mm-hmm. whatever made me buy it, but I do love Muscadel mm-hmm. and I think that South Africa makes mm-hmm. some of the best mm-hmm. sticky and sweet wines in the mm-hmm. whole wide world. So I bought a parcel of Ney Muscadel. I think there was something like, I don't know, 90 cases or something. Mm-hmm. It was too much anyway to bring back to, to Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And I bought lots of Edelkir because you could only buy it on the auction, yeah, as you yeah. say. And I think it's still like that. Yeah. And the Ney Muscadel, we, we sold over the years. It was such unbelievable wine. Mm-hmm. And we sold it over the years. And I think it was only about... Five or six years ago that we sold the last few bottles of Ney Muscadel. They were drinking absolutely beautifully. Yeah. And, of course, the Edelkir, the price just goes up and up and up mm. and up, and you can't always get it. Mm. It is one of South Africa's biggest, biggest treats. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody how you make that, that Edelkir, Samuel. So that is, uh, you mentioned the botrytis. And uh, like I said, that is, um, it's a labor of love. You have to be patient. Uh, wait for the botrytis to form, create conditions, and then you need to, when you harvest, you make sure that you don't, you have noble rot and not, uh, not sour rot. And so not fraud fraud, yes. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, the, uh, then you need to try and process that and get it into, um, the press and start your fermentation on, on the, in, in the press and, uh, try to press it because that, that is almost unpressable because it's uh, so. You just get so, do you make it out of shin and blank? The Yeroki is a shinin, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. So just to try and explain to everybody that we're trying to squeeze juice out of a raisin. Yeah, it's almost… There is no juice in yeah, a raisin. No, no, it's, yeah, and it's, <laughs> now in my new role, I have to probably start worrying about that. But when I was a red wine maker and when I saw the, the white wine guys struggling with the pressing, I was like, I was glad it was not me. But yeah, they, but it's liquid. So how liquid do gold. you press it? Do you press it by hand or do you stick no. it into the, pre- the actual press? We've got… Two small, very small presses, like a two-ton and a seven-ton press, and they've got cooling jackets on the on the outside, so it allows you to keep the temperature. So you can have it, and it's a very slow pressing cycle. Like I said, it, is it like a little vice. Yeah, it's Does a, it, you turn the screw and just squeeze the grape slowly, gently. It's a small uh, membrane press. It does a, does as a uh, membrane in the inside, but it's a yeah, it's a very slow process and takes over the weekend and yeah and everybody is it, it's sticky and it the the juice is a gray color it, if you look at it it'll clear you you would say it's uh, but the juice is, a, is almost a, a gray color i think it's to do with all the botrytis and, and that yes and then it starts to clear and then you get that uh, and that how much juice color. do you get how no, much juice do you a, get from a ton more, of grapes it's more i mean and mccs you get uh, um, about 560 liters a ton but for for that um, eminence is far less than that so it's a uh, hirokia uh, that's far far less than that yeah but yeah, it's it's, it's liquid gold i mean do you see that after fermentation that uh how it changes and then you have to balance between the acidity and the sweetness that and obviously the flavor you get that honey um, we'll try to oh, apricots. Yeah. No, it's so, so, it's so does the 
too terrible for words. Once you start with that, I don't know why you put it in little bottles. I wish it came in Jeroboam's. <laughs> magnums. Well, we should do magnums. I think mean, we should definitely bottle magnums uh. if it'll care. So you measure the sugar. So you mm. measure the balling before you harvest. And what does the balling have to be? It's close to about 40. So 40 uh, wow. grams per liter of sugar. It's, 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 it's very high. But, uh, and then you ferment it to about an alcohol of about 10. So the, during okay. the fermentation, you monitor your, and the fermentation is slow. Like for yes. now, this year, the, the, the shenan is still fermenting. <laughs> so ticking away. Is it? Yeah, still fermenting. So what and is it cold? Is it quite cold ferment? Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, your fermentation is, is like for, for a white, but it's, you need to uh, closely monitor the process because you want to be at that, I would say, sweet spot where you have enough alcohol. But you have to have the correct balance between the, the sugar and the sugar acid. Sugar and the acid. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the play. And with the botrytis in the vineyard, mm. does it stop at some point? Or do, if you left it, would it just keep on yeah. shriveling the grapes up yeah, until yeah. they um, die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the key. Just everything so as just soon as you pick them, do you have to treat them with something to stop that, that rot? Uh, in, or when does you it pick just it, stop no. once you pick? You you pick and you process. I mean, that's not, not a other way you use it. But you now I need you also take care of your enzymes that you also use because you've got all those uh, uh, enzymes, fungus itself, also playing a role. So you you need yes. to uh, be careful not to go into a brown color. You need you want that golden golden color. You don't yeah. want the brown. I think color. there's many a winemaker with a broken heart mm. that messed up his his. <laughs> It'll care yeah, type yeah. one. Yeah, you need to nurse yeah. that tool through to on um, bottling. Obviously, you, you don't bo- you don't bottle it on a, on a big line. It's a small mobile process. You you talked about how uh, big in volume we are. I mean, I think yes. um, the, our biggest blend is uh, obviously on, on Baron, but the smallest amount of wine I've I've bottled is uh, 140 liters, which is less than half a barrel. So but that's ridiculous. So that's it's like a, a week's worth of milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the scope that you work with. And when you when you finally bottle the Edelkeer, how to what do we attribute that beautiful viscosity? Because mm. it's it's very viscous mm. and it's it's glycolic yeah. and it slips down your throat. Yeah. It's liquid gold literally yeah, slipping down your throat. How, what do we attribute that viscosity and that, to? That is your um, the natural sugar that you have in the in the wine itself that gives you that viscosity. That's the and amount and of remarkably, sugar. the alcohol on that wine, everybody says, ooh, you drink that sticky mm. wine, you're going to get a headache. Mm-mm. The alcohol is remarkably low. Yeah, it's about around about For, 10, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So there's no excuse not to drink at least one bottle a day, unless that you, you can't get it, actually. So you can't even drink one bottle a day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like hen's teeth. You just cannot find that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if Joe Soap Man in the street wanted to buy a bottle of Edelkeer, can he phone the Berkelder or yeah. somebody? Will, would he be able to buy from there now? Yes, yes. I would go online and get, uh, and contact the uh, Vinatiek. Mr. Michael Defenter mm. will be glad to assist you. The wines are stored in pristine conditions. And it gives you access to yeah. some excellent wines. So, and they, oh, the Berkelder yeah. is, is my go-to. They're fantastic. They, you can buy. I bought some 2003 and 2005 Fleur de Caps wow. recently from, from Michael. Mm. And they were drinking absolutely yes, yes. magnificently. So for anybody who is looking for better, older mm. vintages, does Niederberg go into the Berkelder yeah, as well? Yeah. You, can, so it does, hey? you can find many of them. Yeah. You can, it's, it's absolutely your best route to market if you're looking mm. for beautifully stored yes. 
older South African vintages. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, they, and I mean, they taste regularly. They taste annually and they evaluate how the wines are, are faring. We also get invited to join some of those tastings, which are absolutely fantastic because where do you get where you get opportunity yes. to taste those wines from? I mean, there's Oda Libertas wines from, from the 1970s. I know, it's, it's amazing. Good, amazing wines. They've got some brilliant wines. Samuel, the grapes for Niederberg mm. can't all come mm. from mm. Niederberg. I mean, Niederberg initially was a sort of about a 47-hectare mm. plot that was known as Kleiner Drapenstein mm. or something mm. like that. But they must have purchased more wine or you must lease vineyard at this stage of the game to meet the, the demand. Yes, yeah, we've got uh, growers that we have um, uh, obviously key relationship with. So we source our... Grapes from different areas, which makes it interesting. You get the Darling in Philadelphia, and you obviously Paul and Stellenbosch and areas. So yeah, it makes it interesting. And your cab is your cab coming from Paul or from Stellenbosch? The cab is Paul. It turns off your the two centuries. It's it's Paul. Sometimes we also use some of the Grüner Kloof, but for the private bin, it's just Paul. And then in our, yes. uh, um, if you look at our wine masses or, uh, and your manorized range, that can be um, Darling, Philadelphia, uh, those and Stellenbosch ranges. Yeah. And you're obviously finding, like everybody, that we we have to be edging closer and closer to Appalachian control at some mm. stage of the mm. game. It's my sort of ongoing mm. nag mm. bag. Mm. I'm mm. the nagger in the mm. wine industry about Appalachian control, and I wish that we had mm. it. But I think that it's organically growing mm-hmm. that way just by itself yeah. because we are finding that certain regions are producing better Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, whatever. Yeah. What. Have you, are you producing your Sauvignon Blancs from Darling? Or yeah, where? we've got the uh, Darling blocks that we use here from Darling, yeah. But it's interesting what you're saying mm-hmm. from Appalachian because what we found with, obviously with um, oak, uh, that you um, trial uh, oak and there's a huge correlation from where your grapes come from and what oak works. And, and, yes. And, and we've been trials, uh, obviously, for many years now on the red wine side. And it was uh, well, when, I, when I once picked up my notes from the previous year, I realized I ch- chose the same oak for the same block. And I and then realized, but there Did needs you? to be a correlation. And that, that's, that's so interesting to see that. Yeah, f- you can expect different flavors, obviously, from different regions. So th- it makes sense that uh, oak that also plays a role in your and what one hundred percent will correlate. There's so many things. Mm. There's also yeast. I don't know if you inoculate or if you just let it ferment naturally, but I know that yeast plays a massive yeah, yeah, part yeah. Um, in the final taste of the wine. And I can remember one year, um, Razvan invited mm-hmm. me down to Niederberg. Mm-hmm. And I spent a day with him, and we tasted from the library collection that mm-hmm. he had there. I don't know if it's still mm-hmm. there. We had such fun. I spent the whole day in the manor mm-hmm. house with Rose Van and a couple mm-hmm. of others. I think the assistant mm-hmm. winemakers were there at the time. Mm-hmm. And we tasted all these gorgeous old mm-hmm. library wines that mm-hmm. he had. And we were mixing and blending and carrying on and having such mm-hmm. fun. There's, there's a wealth of mm-hmm. wine that comes from Niederberg mm. that nobody even knows about. I mean, what are we going to do with all those old wines, those gorgeous library collections? Hopefully you can buy them, but yeah, those, uh, but we've uh, now just gone through a process where we um, went through all the old library uh, that we have in the cellar and yes. then, yeah, make sure that they're all in, in great condition and uh, they're on, on register. 
And they were. Yeah. I mean, we were so amazed. Some of them hadn't been tasted for yeah. quite a good long time. But they were absolutely... Some, some sparkling exactly. wines that you're like, what? He didn't even know it had been made. It, was, uh, it had a metal <laughs> label on the front. It was amazing. Yeah, no, it's, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, it was. And that's another thing that you've got to do. I mean, you have to be a master of all mm-hmm. trades at Niederberg mm-hmm. because you've got bubbly that mm-hmm. you have to make yeah. as well, don't yeah. you? The beginning of the season, we are start, starting with our bubblies and uh, we do the bubbly here at Niederberg. And um, we've got the lucky access to the JC LaRue plant where we can do our, uh, these disgorgement and bottling. So yes. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's uh, bubbles is a... Uh, it's also amazing oh, to see the process. Another story. It's yeah. an amazing process. Mm. And it's just, I was chatting to Johan Milan the other day mm-hmm. on my corner. And we were talking about Carps of Funkel because Carps of Funkel turned 50 this year. Yeah. And it is just such an amazing thing. Mm. And we were, we were laughing and chatting about the unbelievable pioneering spirit Mm. of those guys all those years ago who didn't really know what they were doing when yeah. it came to this sort of second fermentation in the bottle. But we've ended up being such amazing bubbly mm. producers mm. Mm. on the international sort of scale. Mm. So, again, heads up to the to the South African winemakers. I just, I honestly, I, when were you appointed to your new position at Niederberg? It's yeah, recent, was, isn't it? Yeah, it was the first of April, so it's a, it was not an April Fool's joke, but yeah, Fool's joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, first of April. Yeah. yeah. Well, we wish you absolutely everything of the very, very best. Mm. I know that you're just going to go on and on and on, doing mm. much, much better because you just are that. Where's Lizelle gone? Are we allowed to know where she's moved on to? Yeah, she's uh, moved on to in the Tilburg uh, ward. She's in uh, in that area now. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'll have to track her down and see if we can get mm. hold of her. But so exciting for all of us that we've got mm. Samuel Fillion, who has taken over the reins at Niederberg. It is one of our national treasures. He's one of our national treasures. Thank you so much for joining me on Carrie's Corner. Oh, Carrie, thank you for the kind words and for all the listeners out there. Hopefully they do enjoy a bottle of Niederberg somewhere this week or weekend. Yes, rush it. out and buy one. Rush out and buy a case. It's such good value for money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Samuel, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Pleasure.